Welcome to Borderline, my friends. I'm your host, Podcasting's Danny Buckler. I hope you've had a good week. I know I have. Why? Because I'm sitting here sipping a coffee on a Sunday afternoon that I made in my own home with no assistance that contains Starbucks eggnog mix. Hear the slurp. Here it comes. They're selling it off. I don't know why. They must have overdone it this year, this year for Christmas. They must have sort of had some weird idea that they were going to get more customers than they did for their classic Christmas lattes. Overstocked on the eggnog and now they're selling it cheap. Get to Starbucks right now. So I say cheap. It's six quid for a carton of it. But I'm more than happy to pay that. But bear in mind the latte itself is about £28. So I'm happy to buy a, a tub of the mix and be, have, the, have the freedom to go into my own kitchen. To not have to get in my car and drive up the A3. To go into my own kitchen, make myself an eggnog, not an eggnog latte. You just sort of, that's, that's beyond, actually ask the girl behind the counter, how does this work then, this mix? What do I do with it? And she didn't have a clue. She puts it in a machine, that does it all for her. I'm basically using it as milk. It's a milk substitute. I've got no idea what's in it, nor do I care. <laughs> it just tastes delicious. Once a week's all right, isn't it? Hey, I'm over the oat milk thing now. I've been doing oat milk for the past two weeks to try and get off dairy. Joyless. Joyless milk. I tried almond. That was no good. Didn't care for the texture. Oat milk at least has got something going for it. But even so, the sweet taste of an eggnog coffee on a Sunday. Cheers to you. Mmm. Oh. My housemate does that when he's cooking. He makes some... Mm, mm, mm. He's got this little verbal tick that he, every time he's cooking something, he can't just cook it. If it's nice, he's got to sort of sing along as he's doing it. Mm, mm, mm. Like he's a chef on a TV show or something. <laughs> the fittest chef you'll ever see. This man can lift weights. Incredible. It's like watching an ant. Like five, six times his body weight. And he can teach you how to do it as well. Strength revolution. Give them a follow. So I'm sitting here all excited and happy and... It's a good Sunday. Just finished the book of Boba Fett. Oh my God, I loved it. Disney Plus have been have put out the book of Boba Fett now, and it's it's done. It's complete. It's all up there. You can watch the old thing. You can burn, binge watch it. I did it in about four nights, and it's wonderful. TV Star Wars is where Star Wars is at now, as far as I'm concerned. They're doing it so right. You know, the movies are a little bit um. I don't know, lost the way slightly, it seems. There's a, a distinct absence of that indefinable quality that I call Star Warsiness. Most of Monstrable were The Last Jedi. I know a film that splits the fandom. Uh, I didn't like it. I'm always a little bit worried about saying things like that, but, you know, going, oh, I didn't like The Last Jedi, and then in two years' time, when I'm somehow, the, some quirk of fate, I'm in front of. <laughs> the casting for a Star Wars film. Yeah, that, you, I did say something on a podcast about The Last Jedi about three years ago. Please don't kill me. Please don't cancel me. That would require there being something to cancel. These new ep these episodes, I see I'm still trying to master podcasting. I've still not quite got the hang of podcasting voice. I don't know where the line is. I've, if you listen back to the to the. A couple of Sometimes I'm just trying to keep it as real as possible, guys, and just talk like me, you know. Hey, we're just hanging out, you know, just me and you. Other times I'm trying to give it a bit of, you know, stand-up show business, make it auditorially interesting. I've still not found the balance on that. These are the janky episodes, right, that you're going to look back on. When this is your favourite podcast in five years' time and you're going back through the arc, these are the janky ones. It's like when you watch 
the first two seasons of Seinfeld, which I've also been doing recently. I thought, oh, it's popped up on Netflix. I'm going to give Seinfeld a go from the start. I loved that show when it was first out. I love it now still. But you watch those first TV two seasons and you're sitting there thinking, this ain't the show I recognise. This isn't what I remember at all. The first two seasons are like a different show. Everyone's different. George is different. Oh, email coming through. Let me just turn that off. Embarrassing. You know, George is different. Everyone's different. Kramer's different. They're not, they're not the characters that we all fell in love with. But we don't get the characters that we fell in love with without having the slightly off characters we got in those first two seasons. So that's how I'm approaching this. This is the first two seasons of Seinfeld. It will it gets better as it goes along. My podcasting voice will improve, as will my setup and tech. We're in growth. We're in creation. Um, as, as is Star Wars, I'm sure. We don't get the Book of Boba Fett without The Last Jedi. Or maybe we do. Maybe it was I don't know if that was started production, but anyway, who knows? Who knows how it works in that in that empire? But I love the book of Boba Fett so much. Oh, a wonderful, wonderful. I love the characters. I love the world. I love that my email's still going off. Let me just turn that down. Hang on a second. When you live your life off one machine. I love seeing Tamura Morrison in that role as well. 61. I love that we've got an action series on TV where the lead is 61. And still looks like he could beat the living shit out of you with an eyelash. That man is built. He looks proper strong. You know, not like Yul Brynner strong. Strength revolution strong. He looks like, you know, he really can do what needs to be done if it's required of him. Um, I love it. That's why I like Daniel Craig so much as James Bond. He looks like he looked convincing when he threw a punch. He looked like it would hurt if it landed. You know, Roger Moore, not so much. The Roger Moore karate chop to the back of the neck. Never an effective manoeuvre. Daniel Craig could look, 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 looks like he could punch into your chest and rip out your spine. And that's what Tamura's got going on as Bubba. I love the way he walks, that kind of... I travel on my own feet. And I said, that's a weird one. I love how he says Tatooine. He's done this thing where he's sort of edited out the a part of the word. And it sounds cooler. That's what Boba Fett as a series does. It's making everything cooler, like... I am Boba Fett, left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. He sort of cut the ooh out, the Tatooine. Tatooine. Tatooine sounds cooler than Tatooine. Ooh, Tatooine. Ooh. The campus desert planet in the world. Tatooine. <laughs> left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. It makes everything cooler, does Boba Fett. It makes the Tuscan Raiders cooler, the Sand People, you know, by making them... Like, the Sand People were always that character in the Star Wars that were like, you were a bit disappointed when you got the figure. I remember my uncle, my first Star Wars figures, when I was a child, very small child. God, not even... Like, I would have been five and my sister four, if we were even that. And uh, it's an uncle I don't even know anymore. I've not even seen him in... Years, decades, but um, we were around their house because they, they were they had the cool house, the sort of cool early late seventies, early eighties house, and they bought us a couple of Star Wars figures, me and my sister, and I got Darth Vader, that little Darth Vader with the the plastic kind of coat for a cape, and the lightsaber up the arm that you move down with the the slider, 
and she got a Tuscan Raider. She got the Sandman. He wasn't even a Tuscan Raider then. He was the Sandman because it was the first. The other. It was just this. You know, the character in Star Wars that goes and then gets his head blown off. The Sand People travel in single file to protect their numbers. It was the only bit of exposition we got. And the costume just looked like something had been banged together. Or we've run out of money. We spent all the budget on the Stormtrooper armour. We got any bandages or anything back there. We could just make an outfit for this thing. That'll do. Then bandages and a couple of egg boxes. Past that. Bandages, egg boxes and a battered dressing gown. That'll do it. There's your Sandman. No need for lines. So what am I doing in this scene? What's my motivation? You're trying to knock his head off. But he's going to take you out before you can. And my line is, you go blubbala, 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 blubbala. Through those egg boxes we've sort of glued onto the front of this. But now they've got a whole rich richness, a backstory, a culture. They're tribal. They've got rites of passage. It's a little bit of a man called Horse for a few episodes. As Bobber integrates himself. I must very mild spoilers in this, but they will be mild, very mild. But I loved all that stuff. I love the culture. I love that Boba Fett adapts it. I love I love seeing him grow and transform. A lot of people don't. A lot of the bitching on the internet I'm seeing about it. Oh, they betrayed the character. He's not a bad not a badass anymore. You know, like 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 what what character are you betraying? He does nothing. You know, Empire Strikes Back, he sort of stands there and looks cool. Return of the Jedi, he gets thrown into the Sarlacc pit through his own incompetence. He gets taken down by a blind man. What character? I know there's an awful lot in the expanded universe that does flesh him out and does make him an awful lot cooler. You know, I'm not trying to dash the hardcore fans off here at all, but come on. I think he's even cooler. I just think he's even cooler now. I love it. You may have just heard the sound of my Bluetooth speaker turning itself off in a most inconvenient moment in my flow. I think it's made him better. The music. I love that he's got a theme. I love that he's got two themes. He's got the theme to the show. And then he's got that sort of, he's going to kill someone. Thing. You know, that theme that he's about, he's about to do something. Boom, 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 boom. I love that when they establish a theme. It's like, it's classic Jaws technique. Where they establish this theme so that all you've got to do is hear it and you know something's coming. It immediately turns on your senses. He's got one of those. He's got a piece of music that kicks in every time he's about to do something dramatic. And Cade Bane. Oh, thank you very much. A scary villain in, this, in the old Star Wars universe. I love that character as well. I don't know. Again, I'm not too up on the expanded universe. I'm, I'm not really the novels and all this kind of stuff like uh, Thrawn and characters of this nature. I'm a, a little bit of a mystery to me still. I'm a Star Wars fan, but, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and Batman takes up an awful lot of those. But Cad Bane, Cade Bane is just this, uh, the, the rival protagonist. He's on screen for four minutes and he makes them four minutes count. Terrifying. Very, very serious impact as a character, given his minimal screen time. Boom, 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 boom. 
I've had that weird thing since watching it where I'm kind of walking into town and I'm sort of walking, imagining that I'm him. <laughs> One of the gifts in my condition. <laughs> One of the superpowers that my condition gives me. Um, is the ability to very, very much sometimes over-identify with a character in a show. Hence my Edinburgh Fringe show, The Phantom. I over-identify. And now I know what I'm doing it. I don't. But when I didn't know I was doing it, it was a, it was a bit of a... Could get you in a bit of a bit of bother. But, you know, I find myself walking into Guildford now with the, with the Boba Fett... The Boba Fett swagger. Boom, boom, ba-dum, boom, ba-dum. Going into shops. I am Boba Buckles. Left for dead on the sands of Horsell Common. That never happened. But I find myself making bizarre clothes. Like, I mean, TK Maxx thinking, are there any hoodies in here that sort of look a bit like Boba Fett's armour that I could buy? There probably is literally a hoodie that looks like Boba Fett's armour that I could buy. That would be too scary. I was tempted to, for this, for the little video version that I'm trying to get together. I was tempted to go to my brother and borrow his Boba Fett helmet, do the whole thing sitting here wearing that. <laughs> Maybe I will for a later episode. I'm still learning the ropes. I'm still trying to work out how this links into YouTube and all sorts. But Boba Fett gets top marks. It's the opposite of the films. The films take cool things and make them naff. And then the series take naff things and make them cool. There's a kind of a, a, a seesaw effect going on here. And like everybody else this week, I've been thinking about Joe Rogan. Um, I mean, everyone's talking about the, the Joe Rogan thing, the, the controversy. They're trying to cancel him. Spotify artists are uh, removing their work from Spotify. And uh, oh, well, if you don't take him off, we'll take our thing off. You know that thing's happening. Um. I don't get, I, right, I'm not going to get all controversial here because I don't want to be, as a fellow podcaster, I mean, me and Rogan, we're on the same page, basically. The only difference is numbers. <laughs> Vastly different. No, but we both got a podcast. We're both on Spotify. I suppose that puts us both in the same, the same arena. Just one of us is a titan and the other is, um, sat here in his jogging bottoms, <laughs> talking into his laptop. And grateful to every single listener out there. If you haven't subscribed already, do hit subscribe. And don't be afraid to mention this podcast to your friends. Share, for the love of God, share. There's no shame in sharing. Seriously. You know when you find that cool thing and you think, oh, this is my cool thing. Right, this is what I'm talking about. You find that cool thing and you think this is my cool thing. And you get a little bit protective of it. And then someone else gets into it and you find it slightly annoying. Even though it hasn't changed the content or the thing that you're into one iota. You're a bit annoyed that they're into the thing that you're into. Like, oh, I'm the Star Wars fan around here. You can't like it. And plus, you're getting Star Wars wrong. Um, I had that with Joe Rogan because I got into him years ago, decades ago. I, I mean, really into him. And I'll tell you exactly what it was. I, I chanced, a, literally chanced upon the uh, Carlos Mancia clip where he was having a go at Carlos Mancia for jokes, joke theft and this wonderful confrontation that happens. Massively entertaining video, still on YouTube. Seek it out if you haven't already. It's probably got lost in the sort of massive Joe Rogan-ness that, that, you know, that is everywhere now. But I saw that, loved it, loved him, went down a rabbit hole, watched all the material I could, and there wasn't much. 
because he hadn't done much. You know, he'd only at that point, or he had done an awful lot, but he hadn't recorded an awful lot. He was still hosting Fear Factor then, you know. And I went down this rabbit hole of Joe. I got so into all the DMT stuff was seriously interesting to me for reasons that I will go into in another podcast once I've worked out the legals. Because I don't understand how that these guys that talk so openly about their drug use and um, psychedelics and things of this nature. And all the time I'm listening to it, I am fascinated, I am riveted, I am interested in consciousness, in expansion of consciousness, in choosing to turn your own dials. That's the whole point of this podcast in some ways. It's about me learning to tune my own dials. But what I don't understand is how you can talk about those things so openly on a podcast and no one is kicking your front door down. You've just admitted you've got one of the most illegal substances on earth in your sock drawer and no one is kicking your door down. And you're in America. Not that they should be, not that they should be, but that's just interesting to me that that doesn't, you know, that you can talk so openly about it. Anyway, so I went down that rabbit hole, DMT, consciousness alteration, all this stuff. I found it fascinating. Then, you know, I mean, I'm not a, an M I'm not a massive MMA fan. I know a little bit about it and I train a little bit with a friend of mine, Mr. Chai Lewis Parry, a legend, but... That's it. I'm not an expert. Like, you know, I've got friends that know all the fighters and all the statistics and all the, you know, all the things. But I went down that rabbit hole a little bit. I did get interested in that. I, I, I bought a kettlebell because of him. That I, You know, got really interested in him. And the podcast started. Manna from heaven. I listened to all of them. What was the point of this? Oh, this is where this is going. Because I've actually met him. I've met Joe Rogan incredibly briefly I will spin the yarn the briefest of exchanges he won't remember it but I do it's glued in here it was a very interesting encounter as well because uh, I went to see him live I've seen him live three times now with my brother and uh, and the Honourable Sims and a couple of other friends three times and it was amazing it was three times over us kind of a an 18-month period when he used to come here and do shows. I don't think he does anymore. I'm sure he will at some point, but this was when he was still... He was he was doing the, the, the UFC. The podcast was big, but not what it is now, but still big enough. And um, he would do a show the night before the UFC at the Leicester Square Theatre, and that's why I saw him. No, twice at the Leicester Square Theatre and once at that little small theatre. that's still on Leicester Square, but it's not the same one. Um... Oh, I forgot what it's called. Anyway, down we went. Three, now, three times over 18 months. Each time he did, I think, two and a half hours each time. Two and a half hours without an interval. Never repeated a word in each of those sets. And it was thunder. It was the funniest material I had ever heard. To this day, it's a reference point for how funny a comedian can be. And how insightful as well. How insightful. How interesting to me he he spoke about things that i am interested in and um yeah amazing and 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 the gamut from like deep intellectual philosophizing about the simulation theory and what the multiverse is back to jokes about you know relationships girlfriends you know the usual and then back up to the just a wonderful brilliant textured every time i saw him but the third time i saw him he was just sort of hanging out afterwards. He was he, he come off the stage and he was just in the corner chatting to three or four people and no one was going up to him. And we were with um, 
There was a group of us, and one of us was a bit of a, a bit mardy. She wanted to get out of there. Like, oh, let's just go, shall we? Didn't enjoy it. Let's just go. Let's just go. Like, oh. Captain Buzzkill at the party. Glad you're here. And, um, and I was like, I want to meet him. I said, I'm going to go and say hello to him. I just want to say hello. Fanboy stuff, this. This is not like a, a deep kind of personal encounter. or just, just literal fanboy stuff. I want to go up to him and say to him, I think you're great. And then that'll be it. And that pretty much was what it was. But she's got, oh, no, don't do that. What do you want to do that for? What do you want to talk to him for? Let's go. And, you know, my, for once, well, back then, not now, but back then I was very easily, oh, I will go then, shall we? No, on this occasion, no, I'm going to say hello to him. You, I choose my life, not you. So I went down the, the aisle up to him and he, and he turned and saw me coming. He's very short. That was the first surprise. I, mean, I knew he was short because he talks about being short. It's not a secret, but I didn't quite realise how short anyway. We're talking Stallone short. But isn't it weird that people you think are massive and always, always small and people that you think are small are massive. So like Tom, Tom Hardy. I've not met Tom Hardy. I've been in the same room as him. I'll tell you that story. It's interesting, actually. I, I, I'm not now, but on another one. I didn't meet him, but a friend did. And it's a very interesting exchange that they had. But anyway, Tom Hardy... Tiny. Tom Cruise, tiny. Well, you know he's tiny. Stallone's apparently tiny. And it was like, and, you know, whereas Chris Evans, you think is tiny, gargantuan, towers over you, massive. Anyway, just a big man. Anyway, over I go there. He sees me coming. Eye contact is made. and But there's no sense in him of, oh, God, here comes a fan. Do you know what I mean? He, he genuinely looks at me like, oh, someone's coming to say hello. I'm genuinely interested and happy about this. There was no, he didn't radiate any sense of keep away from me. And he, maintain, and he maintained this eye contact as I approached. Any weird little thing like that can make a massive difference to your day. Anyway, and he just smiled and, I, and, I, and he, went, he went, hey, he went, hey, like, you know, and I was like, oh, Mr. Rogan, it's such a pleasure to meet you. My name is Danny Buckler. He says, cool, Joe. I says to him, I'm a massive fan of yours and have been for years. I've watched all your stuff. I think you, you are it. You are as good as it gets in comedy right now. And he was like, really cool, man. Cool. Thank you very much indeed. And I said, and I wanted to sort of try and give myself some bona fides. So I says, you know, I'm a comedian as well. You know, <laughs> like that's going to make a difference. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm a comedian as well. So I like, it's like me saying to earlier on, I've got a podcast as well. We're basically the same bloke. Can we be mates? Let's hang out. Come round this weekend. Come see my setup. <laughs> but no, but he, he was oh man, he said, Cool, are you online? I, I wasn't then. I barely am now. It's a mystery to me, the online world. I'm still trying to work it out. Production values are minimal, but content is blinding. I says to him, uh, not really, I'm not. No, I'm trying to get online. Oh, it took me another ten years, everybody. And uh he went, Well, I have got a, a couple of clips up there. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Because at the time, the only... And they're still there. It's my cruise ship showreel from 12 years ago. Shameful. I'm just stood there doing gags and tricks. Do you know what I mean? Not a patch. I've got to get a new one. It is not a reflection of what I do now. Anyway. But at the time, that's what... Anyway, yeah. And he goes, I'm absolutely going to check you out. What's your name again? Danny Buckler. I have no doubt he never did. This is a busy man. But the fact he said that was nice. I went, anyway, I won't take up your time. Fantastic to meet you. And he goes, cool. And he extends his hand for one of those bro handshakes. Not a handshake, like a bro thing. You know, that cross hand thing that the cool guys do. 
and I take his hand and I swear to God, right? You're going to think I'm making this up. I don't care anymore. Hi. I started to get high. I don't mean excited. And I don't mean, you know, oh, I met a famous person, happy. I mean, hi. Like, I've taken something. It was weird. It was weird. Now, there's a phenomena, a genuine phenomena. It's called the contact high. Whereas somebody is in a higher state than you and you get into their presence, you kind of, your state adjusts a little bit to match theirs. They can bring you up. In the same way that Billy No Mates can bring you down, which God knows I've been guilty of that in the past. How oh, my mates part with me is a mystery. But, so you know when someone can bring you down, someone can bring down a whole party just by showing up. And in the same way, someone can lift an entire room up to their level. It's called the contact high. It's something that gets exploited sometimes by spiritual teachers of dubious morals. Um, but also you can get off genuine ones. Apparently to hug Ramdas was bliss. You, you, you got around him and you... You clicked, you flipped, you got it, you got it all. Uh, well, that's true or not, no idea. Never met Ramdas, but I did meet Joe Rogan and I did start getting high. It was like I was tripping slightly. My thoughts got light, my body got light, I got buzzed. And he just maintained eye contact while this was happening, just smiled at me. You know, he was obviously, I don't believe it's any secret that he imbibes. <laughs> and I'm quite sure he was probably a little bit, you know, in that space. And I was just, just picking up a little bit of that. It's not like, this is not mystical, new age, the secret bullshit. This is about mirror neurons. This is about part of your brain recognising something that's going on over there and then producing a little bit of that feeling. Mirror neurons are very fascinating to me. The idea that, same as when you're in a horror film, you're perfectly safe. You're perfectly safe. You know you're in your chair. You know you're watching a screen. You know it's a film. But when that monster appears, you shit yourself. Because of mirror neurons, part of you is identifying with the fiction. That's how that works. So that's what it was. This is not like trying to imply any kind of mystical connection or oh, me and Joe bonded on a level that you guys will never understand unless you smoke DMT. But there was clearly something going on. That's all it was. It was mirror neurons. He was a high and he brought me up to meet him. But at the time, oh my God, it felt magnificent. Magnificent. And I was up for a week. I was up for a week. For a week I was happy after that one briefest of encounters. And that's all it was. The briefest of encounters. But that man, phew, he knows what's going on. So I'm Team Rogan all the way is the point of that. He's having conversations with people and that's it. Rest is on you. If you get influenced by that, then you're being influenced. But I mean, he's not con out there trying to influence you any more than Boba Fett has influenced me to try and find a hoodie that looks like his armour. I should really think my thoughts through more.